I was quite different in high school and going on. I actually, if I know what I'm going to do the next day, I get anxious. If I know what I'm going to do the next week, if I know, if I have a plan in front of me, I get anxiety. That's so interesting. So I actually don't, I, I want there to be a surprise every day in my life. And so I leave my calendar and my optionality, like everything in my life is open for serendipity and things that will happen, collisions, if you will, from Tony Shea. I, I don't like plans. Hey guys, what's up? It's Jeff Birmingham. Welcome to season two of the Extraordinary Us podcast. Despite our differences, we are all a lot more alike than we are different. No matter our circumstances, we are all just ordinary people doing extraordinary things. The purpose of this podcast is to share stories from people you may or may not have heard of to remind us of that fact. I also believe, and this has become evident over the last year, that many of us are kind of slowly bleeding out emotionally and this podcast aims to elicit more compassion and less comparing to those around us and help us be more emotionally whole. And I couldn't be more excited today to be back in studio in my house. We built a studio in here. I'm finally back to recording and I have a really exciting guest uh, here right now. Scott Paul, none other than Scott Paul, <laughs> the man, famous entrepreneur. Man with two first names. That's gotta, right. Gotta watch out. That's right. And he has a ferocious beard. <laughs> this right this now. is actually one third of what it was a month ago. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. So got, it was it, huge. The COVID beard, I was going for what is called a yeard, which is a, <laughs> a beard for a year. Yeah. Like and did you the, make the, it? The wife and the kids threatened to do a little uh, Samson or who did it, who's it in the Bible. They, they were going <laughs> to cut, cut it in my beard. sleep. So I'm yeah. like, I negotiated one third of the beard versus losing all of it. Oh, that's so, cool. So you're looking at one third. I had a beard kind of like that did you, until like a couple that. weeks ago. I didn't know that. Yeah, I got grown it about that long. One day we're all going to come out of our houses here pretty soon in the summer and, you know, burn the masks and have a earth party and see each other and what we look like now after a year. Yeah, that would be so <laughs> awesome. I can't wait. So let me tell you a little bit about Skull. Scott. He's a serial entrepreneur. Uh, we've been friends for five or six years now. Actually, the venture fund that I started with, with some guys invested in one of Scott's startups, Wooly. We'll talk a little bit about that. Um, Scott's well-known in the crypto world as well. We'll talk some about that. And maybe I should say, there is no investment advice being given in this podcast, <laughs> yes, Scott. Is that we right? Have to, we have to do that. We are giving no investment advice, but we are going to talk about startups and about crypto uh, Scott is a free thinker, one of the most innovative thinkers, I think, in the state of Utah. And uh, I'm excited to see what's up. Actually, I think I can give investment advice. You can't. I can't. But I I'm to. going to because I have some. And and I believe that I one of, my th one of the things that got me kicked off LinkedIn is I said, literally, you are an idiot if you don't have some percentage of your net worth in in cryptocurrency yeah it can be 0.01 percent but yeah. go out download coinbase and buy a little bit of a coin buy five doji coins or doggy coins whatever you want to call that <laughs> buy something and see what the experience is like so that is one investment advice i'll give you everyone yeah and that's fine I, and i totally <laughs> agree by the way i i kind of busted my advisor a, a month ago and just said how can we not have any crypto exposure? Where are you at? Like, we yeah. got to have some, I, I agree, crypto exposure. It's obviously not tied to the way that governments are printing money right now. Like, it's hard to understand how fiat currency won't inflate crazily. Yeah. And to have 
Bitcoin and or cryptocurrency not tied to a country or entity. I think that's interesting. It's interesting. And investment advisors need to be listening. Yeah. So Scott's prolific on LinkedIn. You can find him there, by the way. And really, that's kind of where I'd like to start and why I messaged Scott and said, Scott, get in here to my <laughs> podcast studio and let's talk is Scott had this awesome post in the last week or two about it really resonated with me kind of stepping down from being the CEO of Woolly understanding who he was and what he was going to do next. In fact, this is the line, Scott, that's been going through my head since I saw this post, and I want to start here. You said, I'm a connector and an igniter. I am not a marathon runner or an operator. Mm -hmm. That was in your announcement of kind of stepping down. Talk to me about self-awareness. Talk to me about how you came to this conclusion and and how how you've been thinking about it. I think it was really interesting. Well, I I think there's this pressure, especially on a CEO, especially when you've taken. I took your money, yeah, <laughs> Jeff, and other and investors' money, yeah, other investors' money, and I went out, and with that, I have to lead, and pretty much lead for, an in, you know, whatever amount of time it takes to get that money back or make that company grow, and and I realized like that's I had never been at a company until Wooly, more than three years. Even my own companies. I've started and sold a few companies. I've been at other people's companies. And I have an expiration date of about three years Yeah. before my ADHD kicks in and makes me useless. <laughs> makes me not really that valuable because I can't feel after yeah. a while. I just, I, I have to run to something different. And and here I was in my fifth year yeah. of Wooly, and I was getting in my own way. I'm just like, I wasn't excited. I couldn't rally the team. I think people could see it that I'm just like, and I'm out over here trying to do like angel investments and getting excited about crypto. And you just can't have that type of leader. A CEO needs to be really, I think, focused and dedicated. And, and in this case, um, growth minded for the next stage. And I just, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not the person right now for the team. And it's not that Wooly's a bad idea. It's not that I'm a bad leader per se, but you, ha- I just realized like, look, at, I've come and done what I needed to do. I, I helped start it. Yeah. The ideation. I got the first funds. Yeah. I got the product off the ground. I found our customers. I sprinted. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. And I now, love that. And now I need to turn it over to someone who knows how to grow it. Yeah. And and mature it and hire and raise the next run. And I'm like, if I don't find that person, I'm only doing myself and all the employees a disservice. And we're gonna be lingering for years possibly. Yeah. This isn't right. I need to get out of my own way. No one was. No one told me to leave. Yeah. No, you didn't. None of the investors did. But I, I you say self awareness. I mean, I guess so. I guess you. I, th- I think we all should be aware of, <laughs> of hiring better than you know finding people that are better to replace than us yourself. To replace we should yeah. all be thinking that every yeah. CEO, every 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 role you have in your life, you should be thinking is. Am I, am I the best person now? Maybe not marriage or another, <laughs> and, other, and other duties we have. Yeah. But uh, but that that was that's what it. And so like. I quickly wrote that in the middle of the night, I think, but it said, I, I realized I'm an igniter. Yeah. I can get people excited. I can start things and I, and I'm highly, highly, um, social and connective. I, I can connect and synthesize tons of relationships and people. That doesn't mean though that. that it's, it's not hard to do what you did though. And I, I kind of resonate, right? You know, my journey a little bit, yeah. real estate yeah. to venture, to running for governor, to, yeah. to podcaster, to, yeah. you know, like I, I kind of feel that same anxiousness that you do after several years and, or when things get scaled up to me, like when the problem, when I feel like this is going to happen, yeah. like it's scaled up, the risk has been largely sucked out of it. 
Um, there's a lot of upside here, but it's really about operations and efficiency. I lose my mojo, man. Yeah. Like, so, so I resonate with that. It's one of the reasons I love the post, but that does still doesn't mean it's easy. And I did glimpse in your post some pain. It still is hard. Like, right. yeah. how did you have the courage to do that? How did it feel? How does it feel? You know what I mean? Again, I resonate stepping away from the venture fund that I started that continues to do well, but to run for governor, that was, I mean, I felt like I should do it. I did it. It doesn't mean that it was without pain then and or even now, you know? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a world I can't even go to because of the pain and the scrutiny that would be placed on me. But um, I, I I remember so clearly, so Kyle Fraun is a friend from actually 20 years ago. I met him in Italy when we were being Mormon missionaries yeah. together. And is this guy who's going to be the CEO? Yeah, 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 he's now with the CEO and he he was at Team and and the CRO there and kind of the CRO of this another company called Strata Services. And he, he's seen two exits in, in two years and, and he's been that sales growth operator guy. And I'm like, that's someone i need and i trust him and i and i'm like we weren't looking for a ceo we it wasn't like we went out and did an official search or anything it's just i had this idea that i'm like i think i think i need to recruit kyle to come give himself a shot at ceo role not just a sales like running sales for in revenue for a company and i was working on him for like two months <laughs> he really you know kind of casually and then yeah. it became more and more real to the point where i went to the board and i asked and like guys I think I need to do this, like for the betterment of, of Wooly. And they gave us some ideas and got creative. And I remember when he accepted, this is how he did it. He calls me and he's like, Scott, and it was kind of like the end of the timeline. Like, he's like, Scott, I just can't do it. I'm sorry, man. And I'm like, there's silence. And I was like, do I get angry? Do I tell him he's the worst decision <laughs> of his whole life? Yeah. And he lets me sit in that for 20 seconds. Yeah. And then he goes, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's how good friends do it. So so then I'm like, so then I'm elated. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to work. He's going to come, you know, bring Willie to the next level. And that night I was at Sundance, um, you know, the owl bar up there. Yeah, good yeah. place to eat and, yeah. and meet. Hang and out. Yeah. there with my wife and some friends. And I remember some of the friends, I was meeting some Israeli people from Vegas who had went home or doing it and they, they left the table. And, I, and then I was waiting for my wife to come down from our house and meet me there. And so I was in between this time. I just sat sitting there in this beautiful Robert Redford, you know, cabiny yeah. wood place. It's so yeah. good. And so good. Yeah. And I fell apart. Really? Like I realized what just happened that day yeah. and that I have, I have for 10 years i had been a ceo of a company i've been I had a, a herd if you will a, a flock because yeah. that's kind of ironic my company's called woolly but i've had this between two companies that i've i've operated started and 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 run i for 10 years i was a ceo and that was over and that, that era of my life because i don't have any you know i wasn't being recruited to go run another company yeah that was this was like a a void that was going to occur yeah. in my life i had nothing yeah, the future is uncertain. Right? Very, like, very uncertain. Yeah. You know, there was, and it was costly. I gave up salary and um, lots of equity to bring this person over, but I know it's the right thing. You know, yeah. the abundance mentality that I've learned to have when it comes to startup life is that, you know, it's, it's a, if he can make this thing worth more than it is, my smaller piece of that pie is actually worth more, worth a lot more. Yeah. So it's not, it's not without any greed. I'm like, I think it's going to be the right move financially and for everyone's livelihood. But, I was, I was, I was gut punched and I was bawling. Yeah, <laughs> and, I've had and, those and days. I just, they're, just put they're my head painful. down. I didn't want him to see me, but I was, 
Yeah. I was done. Like the team that you recruited, you put together, yeah. you're building with them. All of a sudden there's a rift, right? And there's a void and there's, it's just not going to ever be the same. No. And that is painful. I understand that pain. One of the things you said that I love that, by the way, I think differentiates entrepreneurs from, I'm speaking generally everyone else, the future is always uncertain. So you don't know exactly what the future looks like. None of us do. No. Um, but you can get lulled to sleep as an employee or as whatever, kind of thinking, oh, things don't change. We've all been taught, obviously, in the last year with COVID, et cetera. Everything. Things do change. Everything changes. Absolutely. But I think one of the things that entrepreneurs, do you agree with me, are more comfortable with is that notion, the future is uncertain for everyone and everything. Therefore, and I'm speaking for myself, therefore, I'm willing to jump off. I'm willing to yeah. leave my company and do something crazy like run for governor, start a podcast, whatever, because I know that nothing is guaranteed and nothing is really certain. Um, do you agree with that? And what's next, Scott? Like, I, I know you don't know, you don't see the future exactly, but I don't know, what, what's on your mind? What are you looking forward to? Well, I do agree with you. Um, I'm, I'm wired a little different than probably almost uh, any entrepreneur in that I, I run to risk and I run to uncertainty. So my brothers, all three are at ExxonMobil. Yeah, not, not too risky, probably. The opposite of risk <laughs> and certainty until this year. Yeah. One got, one got laid off and oh, everything wow. changes, right? Because this, yeah. this was the Golden Handcuffs company that they would retire at 65 with. Um, I was quite different in high school and going on. I actually, if I know what I'm going to do the next day, I get anxious. If I know what I'm going to do the next week, if I know, if I have a plan in front of me, I get anxiety. That's so interesting. So I actually don't, I, I want there to be a surprise every day in my life. And so I leave my calendar and my optional, like everything in my life is open for serendipity and things that will happen. Collisions, if you will, from Tony Shea. I, I don't like plans. I don't like any, I want to, I run to. Have this. you psychoanalyzed that? Like, no, why I, is I, that? I, I haven't. I, I think, I, I think there's others like me out there, but like, yeah. It just makes me feel, I don't know. That feel plan, trapped. I, I if I know what I'm doing, if I'm at a company and I know I'm making this much money and I'm kind of stepping up the ladder yeah. and this is what I'm going to be doing when I'm 50, yeah. I lose my mind. Yeah. It gives me, that gives me anxiety. I, I agree. I mean, I can resonate no, with that. Knowing well. that I have nothing planned in the future is like the most exciting thing. And that didn't come with, because I have, <laughs> you know, wealth to back me up. That was my, that was when I was poor. I, that was when I was sitting in the desert working at a company called Anasazi guiding youth through the desert to like rehabilitate i had nothing to my name i had i actually didn't one week i didn't have water for two days wow and that was the best moment of my life i did not know where i was gonna be the next day what i was doing so this has been with me and you since felt since free i felt absolutely free absolutely awesome. untethered in fact all my life i'm trying to get back to that this is so interesting <laughs> but so how do you live a i'm gonna just air quote normal life like with a, a wife and kids which you have and yeah i do have um, those but like not, ha, what's the norm, there's nothing normal about it yeah well what's the balance <laughs> between kind of living a more normative life at least to our world and, and this kind of freedom and flexibility and excitement of the unknown what is your balance because i've struggled with that balance it, as well it's, vol it's volatile um yeah. it's volatile my my wife feels often uh, very triggered by this this who she's very, you know, very, I think I wouldn't say she's the opposite. She's not the nine to five Exxon mentality, but like definitely likes a plan, definitely likes to uh, have some, have some future planned out. <laughs> yeah. And so we have ever 17, almost 18 years now had gone through the worst of it. 
and 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 right now we're in a good place like she just knows this she's starting to realize like she married a very volatile like unstable substance that 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 is you know every year gonna have different things going on my interact with my kids in fact now we're we're realizing that our kids i think out of the three of them two of them are more like me yeah and it's hard in yeah. fact as we speak one's at a had a therapist today to, to <laughs> the deal highs with. are higher <laughs> and the lows are lower right scott this yeah. is how my life is. the highs are yeah. high baby oh, yeah. you are flying high on top of the world <laughs> anything is possible yeah. and there's nothing in the future so it's like anything is possible but the lows can be low how have you survived those how have you I mean, gotten I'm, through I'm those? kind of in a low right now because I injured myself and yeah. I, I can't get around and I'm, you know, you, you see me here because you're, you see the crutches leaning against the, the, the table and the wall over yeah. there that, you know, I, I, uh, I, I, it's not usually the lows aren't as much physical as they are mental. Yeah. Um, but if you don't have your health, I mean, that can be it a helps, low too. It helps to keep your, your body going. Yeah. So yeah, this, this lately I, I found that the physical limitations are playing on my mind a little bit um not surprisingly yeah. scott tried to pull like a, a ted liggety or you know i don't know <laughs> who the best mogul skier is but at, at like 50 miles per hour and sorry he tore his acl yeah. and by the way there was a lot of hooting and hollering like cheering from the uh lift i was exhibitioning <laughs> right under the lift and they uh they were hollering, and when I when I heard when I felt the ACL tore, I'm like, that was not worth <laughs> it. it. No worth many, it. no, doesn't matter how many hoot and hollers, this was not. A gift. Sorry, it wasn't by the worth way, worth ending my season of mountain biking and skiing. I think it was before I ran for governor because I lost a year or two in there with like, no, you know, I just don't. But didn't you injure yourself really bad like a couple of years ago, like being pulled by, yes, a, horse by a horse or something? Yes. When was that? Was two years ago? Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. Pulled by so, a horse. This thing did called you tear your ski, ACL? ski joining. I think I hit, I think I did something to my other knee that. I I'm one I'm gonna have to someday go fix, but it was a I did a jump. You get pulled by a horse, yeah, yeah, which and then is you awesome. go for a long jump on a flat on a flat jump. It was the dumbest thing I could ever have done, and I got second place. And and uh, like in length, yeah. And I would have like, I would have wow. won a belt buckle if I got oh, first place. Oh, dude, that's worth. That's probably the only thing I've ever won. Actually, I don't. I never did anything in high school that got me anything but suspended. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I. I I, I don't know. I, I, here's the thing. Like the last three years, four years, I've become what you would call a LinkedIn creator. I post almost, I post every day. Yeah. Is that hard to keep up with? Like I can't. It's do my that. only habit. I brush my teeth. That's the only, there are only two things I'll do in the day. And I'll probably post on LinkedIn one time and I'll brush my teeth. That's for sure. That's those two it. things those, are Those certain. are for sure. Yeah. Getting dressed is not there. Yeah. That's not one of them. <laughs> so with that, I've learned a lot and I have met thousands of people digitally that's cool but thousands and And do you feel like that's meaningful like i know it keeps that's why i post every day something's going on i have now enough incoming messages that i realize that i need to keep doing what i'm doing because whatever i'm saying is speaking to people of all race gender nationality whatever religion um, religion and it's and i'm hearing stories from the ground and and they're and every time i post every single post there's something that happens. I can't, I don't know what I mean. What I'm trying to say is like every single post leads to something good that happens in the real world too. Yeah. An opportunity, a connection, an investment, a friend. 
And do you manage all those incoming messages yourself, though? I, I do everything. Gosh, is that hard? Like, how well, much that's time why, does that's that why you need take, to talk though? to my wife. I mean, that's that's just one source of incoming message, too, is yeah. LinkedIn. Then I have yeah. this Volley app, and I have email, and I have Slack, and yeah, I have text SMS. Yeah. yeah. So between all of it, it's easily a four-hour-a-day thing. That's my work. Actually, my work is connecting and igniting. Where does that happen? What's the tool? It's that iPhone 12 right there. That's the tool. So when I when it's hard when my kids like, what does dad do? Well, he's on a phone a lot. I'm not behind a computer like this. I don't I don't sit and look at spreadsheets and yeah. stuff. I'm not on a desktop. Yeah. I'm doing I'm doing connections. And that's and that doesn't look like work to most of the world. Yeah. But the stuff I'm doing has brought me all of my friendships, all of my wealth, all of my hobbies, all of my adventures. It's the way I've raised money for myself. It's the way I've found team members. It is the way I have found money for other people. So it's a weird it's a weird way of knowledge working happening from this little device that yeah. I could be playing game with, uh, you know, some you know, Candy Crush or yeah, something. Because yeah. it all looks the same to the outside. Yeah. I'm not at a desk punching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm working. That's interesting. That's yeah. so... Um, and so does that... How, how do you... How do your kids treat social media? How do you think about social media with your kids? You know, like this isn't an easy question, I'm, but I'm an investor in Gab, which is the yeah. like anti phone. So, anti- so am I, by the way. Again, yeah, so, not so investment I'm, advice, but yeah. <laughs> exactly. So are your kids on Gab? They were until they got to like 13. Okay. It kind of, it's hard. Um, and did you watch The Social Dilemma? I did, yeah. yeah. So yeah. like, how do you balance the, the social dilemma and kids' side with what you're doing for work? Which, by the way, like if there isn't a testimony, like Zuckerberg should play this, um, should play this podcast like in front of the Senate for like, all you said all my friendships, all my wealth, all my hobbies and adventures, which by the way, sounds fun and cool, have come from like- Stem from things that are coming yes. from this, yeah. Like, that's so cool. But 100%. how do you balance it with like the social dilemma side, the, you know, kids, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't think I do. Yeah. Let's be honest. But you think about it, right? But do you think about it? Let's be honest. I'm not balanced. So what are your I mean, thoughts? The, what are your thoughts about it though? Like how? My, my, I, there's times of sadness when my, my kids won't grow up like they'll all, their memory of their dad is this guy who is constantly connecting with thousands of people like a like a like a switchboard operator at the old you know telecom companies yeah that's their memory now do i have moments where i'm not connected of course yeah but they're not like what i grew up with um my dad was busy he was an entrepreneur he was often on calls we're driving somewhere across the country he would have call after call on on a mobile phone when those things came out yeah but we don't have our i think all parents are going to be faced with like we don't have these times where there's just nothing to do anymore and we get to sit with in silence with our kids like we used to they have phones and we have phones yeah and everyone's kind of going to those unless you're really intentional about removing those which i i I try to i I try to watch the most you know astute families and like getting rid of the phones and stuff around it's i haven't seen a lot of them it's 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 hard to it's these things are made to social dilemma style they're made to suck out every free moment yeah so we have some things we do. I love playing Monopoly Deal and chess with my daughters and uh, try to get them bike riding as much as we can on on trails up by our house. Yeah. I, I love to uh, do do films and videos. but It's, a, it's the, impossible to 
tear your ACL, by the way, uh, on your phone, going down the moguls, like if you're just on the phone or get behind a horse pulling you. you So So, so we have, there are times we're not on the phone, but I I think about it. And a lot of those downtime, a lot of the times that in the past we used to just kind of fill with who knows what conversation with each other. I think they are getting filled with watching YouTube videos, watching, you know, my girls do play games. Like we try to put on the, the stuff that keeps them from doing that, but they love it. And and they they're not they're not introverts. The best thing I can say is that my kids get around people at parties, and when I bring over families, entrepreneurs to our house or go to their houses, they're chatterboxes. They love to meet and talk. So they have that gap, that gift of gap. You know, they still can do that. But I don't know. I just I can tell you that people. You know, most people try to sit here and tell you that they've oh they found some balance. I'm a wreck. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I'm to a wreck. I'm not, I'm, 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 I agree. I don't, I don't look for. I don't want anyone to have to go through what I'm going for. I feel like I'm taking one for humanity. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I am. I am gonna kind of suffer and sacrifice that balance. Yeah. Because I'm supposed to do something. Hey guys, it's Jeff. Thank you so much for listening to the Extraordinary Us podcast. There's a lot of momentum behind the podcast right now, and we are so excited. I've got a special guest with me for a second here, my wife, Sally. Hello, good to be here. Why are you here, Sal? We're starting a new podcast together, which I am super excited about. It is called Under Our Bed. And we are literally people under our bed recording We are right now. sitting right under our bed. And if you want to hear more about why we called it Under Our Bed, tune in to our first episode, wherever you get your podcasts, because we're going to explain what it means. We hope to have candid and meaningful conversations together about issues that are relevant to you today. Absolutely. Good night, Sal. Good night. Yeah. What are you doing? What's next? Like, what are you doing? All this is leading to something, right? (laughs) I mean, you're hoping that all this time on your phone, on LinkedIn, et cetera, like what's I mean, I know crypto is a passion right now. I know continue to fund startups is a passion. I don't know what. So you leave Wooly. You're not the CEO. You write this beautiful post, which, by the way, do you write all your own stuff? Oh, yeah. You're a good writer, dude. Maybe you should write a book. Add have, that to that. <laughs> well, I can. I'm ADHD. So That's I have to true. compile all my posts and make a book with them, which I'm doing right now. Okay, cool. Because I but, can't sit down and write like I get chapters. It. No I, way. I, I feel, a, yeah. My life yeah, yeah. is the, the, po- the, the limitation of, of LinkedIn. That's the only thing. It's I like can't a do journal, it right? Yes. And it becomes like a journal, too. That's how I, I use it as a photo journal, mainly just yeah. like Instagram. But like that's where I post pictures and then get the yeah. chat books. So, cha- so chat books, I have a guy coding up a chat books for LinkedIn right now. Oh, cool. So if you want to, if you, if you, so anyone else. Like of your posts. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. It's called, they're all tagged under Scott's posts. And that's, that's become my, my journal, my kind of business and little things, just little, you know, my, most of my content's appropriate for LinkedIn. It's, it's somewhat ties to the startup life, but mm-hmm. a lot of it's not like yeah. the other day I had just was watching Breaking Bad. I'm like, this is crazy. There's a lot of startup <laughs> lessons in this show. Yeah. So I made is. a post about that and everyone started chatting about it. So yeah. I'm. I'm definitely, uh, you know, using it as kind of my selfishly as kind of my journal entries as well. Um, and my dad's a good writer too. I don't have good like grammar or something, but yeah. I, I have the ability to kind of convey an idea yeah. and, and make it uh, a worthy one minute read. Yeah. And, and that's kind of why I think it's, I keep going at it because people um, like that. So what am I doing next? Uh, you know, ironically, uh, the, you know, that leap of faith, jump off the next thing and jump out. <laughs> I joined something called Jump. There's the logo. Make the jump, baby. I like it. Yeah. And here's the uh, 
I, I invested. What do you mean you joined? You invested, right? But you've made like 50 I, I, or invested, 100 investments. I've invested, so. but I'm also, I'm oh. also joining. Oh, you're like operating. No, um, I'm doing, what am I doing? You're I'm, part of the team. Part of the team. Okay, you're part I'm of the doing, team. I'm doing whatever, whatever. You ignite. You're igniting. I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm an igniter. I am yeah. an igniter. So right, tomorrow I'm flying out 30 investors to Pennsylvania, Amish country. 30. 30. Wow. To test this experience, this hyper-reality VR base jumping experience. Hmm. I've done it once already. Mm-hmm. And that's what convinced me. The founder, I want him to lead. I want him to be the CEO. Yeah, yeah. I want him to have a vision. Yeah. I'm done doing that. But you're igniting. I'm exhausted, but I'm going to help ignite him. I'm going to be. Are these uh, investors from Utah? or Lots of them. Several from New York, several from California, but mostly Utah. Yeah. You know a handful of them, actually. Yeah, I'm sure I should be there. So it's there. We're going to go out. We're going to jump. And what this is, is you put on a helmet. You put on a wingsuit. Yeah. And then you have goggles over. And then when you're in, you're flying and you're in this new world, you come up to a cliff edge, you see Marshall Miller, who's a professional base jumper with like GoPro and Red Bull. And you see him and you, and you see the, there's a, there's a Red Bull helicopter flying around you. <laughs> you feel like you're up on the Swiss Alps yeah. and, and you the, go for it. And, and he, and he jumps and you're supposed to follow. And what happens after you jump is what you would think would happen. Yeah. You go face first down cliff and wow. the wind is blowing and you're hauling. Wow. And everything you do with your body affects where you fly in that air. Oh my gosh. And then you pull your chute and you get whipped up into the air and then you land. How, how long is the experience? 90 seconds. Wow. Yeah. But so it's just that experience in a physical location. Like yeah. there'll be jumps yes. all around the world. Yeah. Well, the first one we'll actually launch with it will be Grand Canyon. And oh, then wow. we'll do all sorts of jumps. And the founder, he started something called The Void, and they had lots of cool, you know, downtown yeah. Disney and all over the world. They had these experiences. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yep, the void, they had yeah. Star Wars ones. They had Avenger ones. And so he's no stranger to creating a experience, virtual, experience. A virtual a, you know, almost hyper-reality, though, because your, your movement is so different than, than just putting on an Oculus or something. Yeah. And so that's just the beginning. Yeah. That's so exciting. Jump, so jump cool. is the first thing. What 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 um, James Jensen wants to create is a a whole world much like the Oasis, you know, was in Ready Player One, but more for learning um, for human potential, kind of going through boundaries that are maybe there in the real world that aren't yeah. overcoming fear, learning, um, eventually fitness. You know, yeah. full fitness machines that might be in your home, yeah. but are mixed with VR that. You know, so imagine a Peloton machine that that is hyper reality. You know, has all movements, but you can do interactive games just like you do see when when you if you read or saw the movie um, Ready Player One. That's cool. So I think he's going to do it. That's awesome. And it lines up with one of my one of my creeds, one of my mission state personal mission statements, or if you will, goals. I don't have any. I have one. I shouldn't say I don't have any, but I don't know if this is a goal. A goal, but I in two thousand eleven. I said to myself, I want to be a part of the of the of Utah's first like um, household co- household name yeah. that's a consumer, you know, something because we have a lot of SaaS and we have some other things, and we even have like Mormons and Jazz. But Mormons came from New York, Jazz came from New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, I want something from Utah, homegrown, homegrown, start here. Start here. but but the jump can't be that right because it's Pennsylvania, correct? Oh, no, no, that's just a prototype. Oh, oh. So we're, yeah, we're because building. James is here. Yeah, Utah. we're here. It's, Sorry. His headquarters here. Yeah. It's going to be here. The team's here. So yeah. the jump could be that. Oh, and if it it's not be. if it it's not be. the jump, it something some. else that you invest in, that and you that, shepherd. That I, that I somehow am a part of the team, whether yeah, yeah, yeah. as an investor advisor or yeah. founder. 
So right what do you now, think that will be? I don't know. I don't It'll know. It'll be interesting to see. I, it will be so I, fun. Hopefully, my, it's in our portfolio. It's hopefully in the portfolio. I'm giving us 10 years where it'll, it'll be very it obvious yeah. that where we have it. I'll I think give us 10 years, 2030. That's exciting. And it's and it's kind of sad that, you know, I did do posts on LinkedIn and everyone tried to argue with me that, like, what about this, this? What about, this one was, how about KFC? <laughs> I'm like, then it would be UFC. <laughs> <laughs> Utah fried chicken, baby. Yeah. Isn't UFC or, you know, that's something else. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not so, KFC. No. So, so UFC, funny. KFC was, I think the first franchise was in Salt Lake. Yeah. But that's no, they headquartered out of uh, other places, not, not here. So there's all these people arguing with me like, Qualtrix, Domo. I'm like, you think anyone outside of Utah knows what Qualtrics or Domo is. Yeah. No, it's, it's not a household There's name. There's some, but it's not a household name. No, right? no, it's yeah, a great yeah. company. Oh, yeah, 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 Making more revenues than many household names. Yeah, yeah. Is, well, is it guess, known? But I guess I'm just weird about, like, I want to know a house. I want to have a household name. I get it. You know, Zoom became one in just over, uh, Zoom became a household name over, over COVID. Yeah. Um, we have some great companies with consumer yeah. brands, Traeger, or actually that's not from Utah, but uh, Skull Candy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's not household name yet. It's, you know, there's... I get it. So that's it. So that's that that's kind of leads in. So that's one of my big underlying like missions is to be a part of that. Is this investment in jump? This thing is could it be there? It's it it feels like it is. It's a remarkable experience. What I'm really looking for in these next things, something that's gonna break out. It has to be really remarkable. It has to be it has to be something that everyone's sharing, talking about, and to, to get that viral effect and stuff yeah. that Facebook got and that yeah. Netflix got. I get it. And, and so this has elements of that. I don't know if it'll be it. Yeah. I don't know. I so, so there are a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast. I get messages from them. So I, how would you sum up your entrepreneurship journey so far, Scott? Like, or why are you an entrepreneur? What are a couple key lessons? I, I don't know. For the entrepreneurs that are listening to the podcast, like what are your key advice or give us a little bit. We, we heard about Wooly and you can look that up if you want to learn more. Great company. Again, our fund invested. Um, you know, you've told us about Jump and some of the other investments you're making. Tell us about entrepreneurship, your journey so far, where you're headed, why you're bullish on it. You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know any other way to be. I mean, there's not another yeah. option. I, <laughs> I, I'm entrepreneurship as is, is, it's it's being human for me. Yeah, and it's kind of like breathing. right? It's like breathing. And I feel it's, the, there's, I there's kinda, no other I feel way. The same yeah, way. There's no yeah. other way. So, so I, I don't like. I can't tell you why I'm me but I can tell you that like if there's anything like people hear these podcasts and they hear they often just kind of look for the the lessons on how to be successful themselves or like what did, what were the pattern matching that can be done so that I can do what he did um there's so much f- absolute failure in my life that uh there's only been a few podcasts that I've done that kind of cover that but like I had 10 years of being afraid and failing and trying to do drones before DJI started trying to do video production, trying to do, uh, you know how many apps that I buried? Yeah. You know how many apps I started and buried? You know where we met? I was pitching you an app called Voto. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, it was like a social media app. That's when I first met you and Sid in the, in the uh, Peak Ventures office. That, yeah. that didn't happen. That was my first attempt to become... To make a household name, I thought it was going to be this. Yeah. I went all in on that. I took two hundred fifty thousand dollars of my own money that I did not really have. Yeah. That was all that I had made from another venture and poured it into a failure. But the thing that life has taught me with time, and and taking chances and swinging, is that those failures have to happen 
uh, like metamorphosis in the sense to to discover and find the successes. So I completely failed at this photo app. I could not figure out how to monetize and make money with it. But we figured out how to market it. We figured out how to get a lot of downloads. So much so that we started getting calls from other huge apps around the world. And how do you get all those? How are you number six in the app store right now? And we're like, can I buy ads in your app? I mean, okay, maybe that's a way to monetize. But, but instead of like, <laughs> Never how, thought about that. how about we teach you? How about we teach you how to do what we're doing? We use these things called influencers on Instagram. It was like in 2012. Yeah. Before we knew it, we had contracted with one of the biggest um, apps in the, in the world and one of the richest uh, like entrepreneurs over in London who ended up selling but, um, Bumble. Yeah. To Whitney Wolf and maybe, you know, he's got $7 billion to play and he gave us our chance. So we actually buried that company and found out like, why don't we chase this influencer thing? Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's what ended up becoming the, the Phoenix from the ashes. And if I not kept pressing forward, I've never found that opportunity. I had to spend a quarter million dollars to find, to get one call from this guy, this Russian in London. Yeah. And then that turned into a company that one that Disney ended up buying. Yeah. And so that that's that that's all I've learned in in my thing is that if you do not go out there and make stupid swings, just really dumb, at the time dumb, like everyone's against you. Yeah. You have to do that. To, first of all, for me as an entrepreneur to feel alive, but secondly, that's the necessary process of discovering the win is going through the failure. Yeah, it's so easy to look at there. You know, there are a number of these people here in Utah in every market around the country and every and all around the world, these people that have been successful and you think they've always been successful. It's interesting. I had people, including my lieutenant governor uh, candidate that ran with me, Senator Dan McKay, like he got to know me better and got to know my story and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I've just always viewed you as super successful. I'm like, Dan, five years ago or whatever it is, seven or eight years ago, like, I don't know. Like, I was struggling to pay the bills or, you know, whatever the case may be. It's easy to look at these people that have arrived and not understand the process that they have gone to to get there and the failures that you've experienced, like you said, and how close to, like, quote-unquote, death they've almost been and then risen from the ashes. I think that is the natural process. A lot of people don't have the stomach for that, and so it's hard to be an entrepreneur. And it's hard to have this outsized success because so often and often more than not, you you almost do die before you rise up. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, you go, back, you go back and find a secure job or rely on another income from your wife or something and, and yeah. kind of surrender the entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Because it is hard to stomach. Um, it's just for me, I can't do anything else. So some people, some people, it's a condition. Yeah. Uh, entrepreneurship. Yep. We're given it. I love it. And it's, it's conditioned. A condition. Yeah. And I and I have to deal with it every day. Yeah. And my wife has to deal with it. Yeah. And I take things to deal with it to make it easier. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, go there, we'll go there on the next podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to Elon Musk, uh, Joe Rogan this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I get what you're saying. You do. It is a condition. That's interesting. My wife would share a lot of the same sentiments that I'm sure your wife does. How has that journey influenced your experience 
into crypto. You know, obviously that's something that's really hot right now. People are talking about it. Institutional capital, by the way, is flowing into crypto. That's one of the big reasons that there's been such a run up. Also, there's just way too much capital in our system yeah. uh, right now in everything. When you see a chart with um, almost every, whether it's plywood or Bitcoin, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> plywood or like it when it's straight up and to the right yeah. you know like there's too much capital in our system <laughs> exactly. so uh you know tell us about tell us about your journey in crypto a little bit and and just for those who are interested and how how, how do you view it now i assume you're still bullish you still think we're in the early innings yeah, i'm looking at it right now see yeah. what's going on so yeah. i don't speak uh, ahead of myself but it seems like we're still in a little bit of pullback right now but yeah. uh, i just bought a sick amount of dogecoin today you did yeah Dogecoin, yeah. like, what is the use coin? Exactly. Here's the thing. That's, that's, I think Dogecoin. I, I, I was though, where I was where you were two days ago. I think Dogecoin, though, and the reason I'm tempted to buy. It, <laughs> <laughs> again, we're not giving investment <laughs> advice, and you will lose yep. all your money. But um, the re it's like almost the meme of crypto. It's like it's the, the it is the meme of crypto. It's like the social. It's how the world views. The world, it's like the culture right now. Yes. It's like the cultural icon of crypto. I, I can't, I, Isn't it? It's the most beautiful it? world uh, if, if we are starting to use, if, if the winner becomes Doge and my kids use Dogecoin, like <laughs> Dogecoin to pay, get an allowance and pay for Slurpees and stuff, that will be the most beautiful thing with that icon of that dog. I'm actually picking up my shirt today that's <laughs> that's to the moon with the dog. I've got it coming. Uh, and uh, it'll, that'll be, the, it's just like a joke. It just kind of shows us where we're at in life. I mean, and, you know, if, if, Rick and Morty hasn't already done that. <laughs> this is Dogecoin. Is it's just like it's just manifesting that we might kind of be in a matrix. I don't know. There's, <laughs> there's something going on. This might not be real. This might it's not, not be real. I'll be a simulation. Yeah. If, if you were to tell your ancestors that that by 2020, yeah, a that someone would make a joke coin that would take that's over worth like what 40, 50 billion, 50 billion market, market, 50 billion market they, cap. They would. It would. In fact, it's happening. It already is. But I don't think you can go into a senior citizen home right now and and they would laugh you out. They're like, you no, know, it doesn't. You're telling me Delta, this company's bigger than Delta Airlines and it's a dog <laughs> coin that doesn't do anything? <laughs> Grandson, you're, you're nuts. <laughs> but like NFTs are a whole new world too, right? Like these non-fungible tokens. Have you bought any NBA yes, Top Shot? Yes. Like I've done I, NBA I got, Top Shot. I got two of those. Yeah, I've done NBA Top Shot. I lost a lot there too on some stupid projects that I just... But you you started with Bitcoin a long time. You were an early adopter. No, I mean, I was early. I, I, I was fortuitous in that I... I got in after the Mount Gox yeah. failure. I was out in LA oh, working for Disney. My friend just had a company that, that Snapchat acquired and he is uh, majorly into crypto. And he sat at night and talked to me for you know night after night about Satoshi and what it is. And, <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, I'd be a fool not to just download this Coinbase app that was brand spanking yeah. new. Which Coinbase just went public, by the way, for yeah. like a hundred billion dollars yeah. last week. Yeah. I bought some Coinbase, yeah. right? Yeah. Anyways, go got ahead. it. Got to buy some of it. So, yeah. and then I just I listened and I listened and I'm like, you know, this is one of the smartest people I know, and I would be dumb not to like mirror the investment strategies of smart people, and that's what I did, and it worked, huh. and the timing was right. Now. The funny thing that I do, and I look back, and I remember when the Bitcoin was going. This was about 2015 when I first got into it, and then Ethereum. I got really lucky, just buying a bunch of Ethereum when it was very cheap and just holding it. And I I remember um, going playing poker in 2017 when everything was at its height, 
Mm-hmm. And I was just laughing because I refreshed the Coinbase app and I'm like, I can't believe that. So I'm like, there was every hand, didn't matter what my cards were, yeah. I was all in. Yeah. And and I had my brother and his five friends just laughing because they knew they were just playing. They were just like, yeah. they were just getting their Venmo out and just, they were all like, let's take Scott because I just wanted to feel what it was like yeah. to have money not matter. Yeah. Because that was what was happening in this, in this, at the time when I was, every time I refreshed, I couldn't. I couldn't spend what I was, what the earnings looked like. Well, right after that, it kind of crashed, as everyone remembers. That was like right before it started going. Mm-hmm. But that experience playing poker and and looking at that Coinbase account, and then I started to think about what were these other guys thinking? Like, why didn't they say, Scott, what is this coin? What is this coin thing that is allowing you to go all in on every hand and have no and just be laughing your head off? And none of them asked. None of them cared. And so I, what, the, what came to me is like, so, so the irony is four years later, we do the same game. And it's now the same thing's happening. Yeah. Only now it's 10 times what it was there. Yeah. I would win money. This was just three weeks ago. I'd win money. They'd give me 20s, 100s. I'd rip them up right in their face and I'd throw them on the ground. And that sounds really weird and bold and like, I'm, uh, like I'll probably get canceled for saying this. But what I was trying to do is show them that, guys, if I don't make an object lesson this time of how important this transfer of, of wealth from from this fiat to what we're doing over here in, in DeFi land and, and in, with crypto and Ethereum and the Binance smart chain, if I can't, if I can't, is there any other way that I can show you that this doesn't matter? And you better <laughs> learn right now. And you guys are doctors and you're dentists. Yeah. You need to learn yeah. right now. And I'm going to make an object lesson. And so I was ripping up hundreds. Is that illegal, by the way? It probably is. Okay. Come and get yeah. me. <laughs> I pay the government back, right? Yeah. It should be illegal to be able to print that without yeah. any cap. That's yeah. what should be illegal because that's what I was trying to tell them. This coin, this, yeah. this dollar can be printed infinitely. What I have over here is scarce. It is. And yep. so I was, I, and that time they listened. The next <laughs> few days, I'm sitting there coaching people how to get into the Binance Smart Chain, how to get, how to, how to buy coins. So now this Which dentist- Which is incredibly complicated. <laughs> it is. It is complicated. Oh this dentist gosh. sold his, he's trying to sell his practice. He has four offices, four locations, and he's all in on crypto. Wow. This time he listened. The first time he didn't, yeah. he missed the best, he missed the best run because he didn't listen. But yeah. that, this, so where I, I go in this weird storytelling is that what I learned is like, I learned to like, why don't you mirror, why don't, why are people so scared to mirror their strategies off the people that they know firsthand are successful with their bets? Why aren't people, why are we listening to like the Fox Newses and stuff and the things that like, who, know, who knows who's behind that yeah, stuff? Yeah. Go find people in your life who are, who are making bets and are obviously making good bets and, tr- and, and just follow along. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's a weird way, that's a weird storytelling to get to that, but that is what I did to get into uh, crypto. And then it's what I tried to do for everyone else. And you may not remember this, but in 2017, I also gave every one of my connections on LinkedIn who messaged me $50 of, of, of crypto. Really? So I, I gave, I so I, 700 people were, I was their first, that was their first $50 of coin. And that was when You were was, like getting them started. Yeah. I love it. And that was their first. And so now that's why, that's why I become, <laughs> uh, this moniker is I'm Bitcoin Jesus. <laughs> Is that your name? Do you have a t-shirt? Well, I have this long hair wig I should have worn. Um, It's in my car. (laughs) And and, and that became kind of the, like, just here in Utah, not like anywhere else. But but because 700 people, that turned into thousands of people that they shared it with. And they remember 
their first coin coming from me. And now they tell me, Scott, it's still in there in Coinbase and it's now worth 400 bucks. That's like, unbelievable. I love it. Well, Scott, so. you certainly are an igniter. You are a connector. <laughs> I could talk to you for hours <laughs> and I don't know if people could listen. I think they could because I, th I find this extraordinarily fascinating, just all of this, but I want to be respectful of your sure. time. We have a couple minutes. Let me just ask one last question while we wrap up. Talk to us a little bit personally, whether it's your faith journey, whether it's just your, your personal life. Like, how has this applied? You spoke about a little bit how this has affected your personal life. Like, how do you translate all this success that you've had, all this free thinking, all this really smart, yet I'll, I'll call them simple insights, which, by the way, most innovation is very simple mm -hmm. and obvious. Yep. You need to strip out all the noise and like you just, like in the innovation I'm referencing is, why don't you look at people that aren't just in the public markets, which is a, the stock market is very hard to win if you're not in New York and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Why don't you see other people, your neighbors, your friends, and just follow mirror what they're doing, dip your toe in. So anyways, that's a very small, and that's an obvious like thought, but it's a simple innovation. How, how do you tie all this into your personal life and to, how does it apply to, you know, what's going on in your personal life? What, what, what life advice might you have for our <laughs> listeners? The, the point of this podcast, like I said, is to help people, to inspire them, to uplift them. It's not political. It's not investment advice. Yeah. I'm trying to say, look, we're all ordinary, yep. but we're also all extraordinary. And Absolutely. you're extraordinary in a lot of different ways. Boil right. it down for us here. Well, this is, yeah. This take is us out. Little, take us home, baby. All right. So, uh, so an entrepreneur just had his company go public and he came to me. We hot tubbed. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> and he says, Scott, what do I do now? Yeah. And this is, this is, I, I think I have this conversation every month with a, yeah. with a newly minted, let's call it multimillionaire. Yeah. Um, mostly because I'm open online about like my journey. So, so people come and they're like, I think Scott might give it to me straight or have some ideas for me. And this last founder I was talking to, it was, um, this analogy came to me. And it's, and this is, this is, I can't get out of my mind now to think about it, but I, I've only been to one escape room, right? These things, these experiences where you go and you kind of have to work as a team to get out. And some of them are multi-roomed. Most of the population is still in like the first escape room. And they think the thing is they, they're all thinking like the, the first, like the first ones get out of emancipate yourself from. Uh, needing a salary or money like money is what is driving everyone and they think i make this much and then i'm then i got all these things i can do now i learned after essentially getting out of escape room number one yeah that it's there's like 18 levels yeah. of this stupid thing and yes most of most of us are sitting down in that first room but oh crap there's 18 and I really like, I'm pretty good at figuring out how to make money now. Yeah. I suck at all of the other ones. Yeah. I gotta be a dad now. I gotta be a leader. I gotta be a, gotta be like a good husband. husband. I, yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, I've gotta go figure out like how to give back. I've gotta figure out how to work my mental health. Yeah. Gotta work on my religion. Yeah. If I have one, do I have one? That's, that's a whole, that's a whole escape room of its own that. Like, what'd you get out of that one? Then you realize, oh man, everyone's stuck in this one too. What, <laughs> what do I believe? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> What do yeah. I do with my money? Yeah. So I, I, guess, I guess I can say like in just a nutshell is that getting out of that first one is, I, I, is, is, if, is for me, I exited and it's easy. I got out. I'm not easy, but I'm out. I don't think about it as much. The world's my oyster when it comes to 
buying physical things or experiences, but it doesn't matter. Like that's such, I would, I would almost on any given day trade with someone else who's got out of other escape rooms. Yeah. That's like level one thinking. Yeah. Yeah. You got to go to the other stages. Like on the first shocker or whatever, anything you're thinking, like I'm still the bottom of the pyramid really. And I've seen people who have maximized relationships, maximized their devotion to a, to a philosophy or a religion, to a diet, to their health, to their mental health. Yeah. I would give. For, I, I have so many people I look up to that I would switch almost any, any, any time who have mastered these other, who are out of these escape rooms. And so that's my journey is I'm still in, there's 18 of them or whatever, yeah. and I'm still going through them. And I, I would, I would try to get people to not reflect on the money one as much as they can. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You can, you can get out of some of the other ones yep. and let the money one all, you can always be in the money one. Yeah. And I actually probably never, probably never really get out of it to be honest. Yeah. You don't really ever get out of it. Right. Cause there's, there's always more, more there's always someone comparison. ahead of yeah. you. Yep. There's more comparison yep. and that's not the point. The point no. of life is not to compare. The point of life is to leave an impact. I think you're doing that in all your entrepreneurship certainly and on LinkedIn and your social media and I've enjoyed everything we've done together. I look forward to doing more and thanks for coming on the podcast, man. All right. It's been good to have you. I think there's been a lot of wisdom. (laughs) It was fun. It was fun. It's good to see you, Scott. You too. Thanks, man. Thank you. What a fun like podcast with Scott Paul. He is unique and one of a kind. I I love when he spoke about like having a plan and how that gave him anxiety, that if he had a plan, it would get anxiety. He likes to be free-flowing, and it is so cool. I also loved, and it's a good spin on social media, which I kind of hate and I'm just not good at, but he said that all of his friendships, wealth, hobbies, and adventures has come from kind of the network and the following that he's created on LinkedIn. That's powerful and a, and a good testament to the good that social media can do. Um, I totally agree with him as well. Failures have to happen in order to figure out life. It's really easy to look at those that have been successful or you think are successful and to just think they've always been there. They've always been on top. They've they figured this, this out. They understand life. It's just not true. Everyone goes through ups and downs. And oftentimes, especially as entrepreneurs, you feel like you're going to be down and out. Lastly, I love this quote. This is something I won't forget and something that resonates with me in my life. Entrepreneurship is a condition. For him, it's like the air he breathes. And I often feel that way as well. There are extraordinary people that are just ordinary Scott doesn't have any hair. Like he just put, showed me his wig. You know, he has his torn ACL right now. They're ordinary people that go through the same hard things, but they're doing extraordinary things. That's what the Us podcast is about. I hope you've enjoyed today. Please share with family and friends. We're really excited to finally be out with season two. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Extraordinary Us podcast with Jeff Burningham. Please help us grow by leaving a rating and review and subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Also, tell your friends and share on social media. See you again next week.
Hey guys, what's up? It's Jeff. And Sal. I'm here with my wife. Why? Because we're starting a podcast together. Yes, we are. And it's called... Under Our Bed. Why is it called that, Sally? Because we are sitting under our bed right now. We this, are. In this podcast Yes. Studio. And we're going to be talking about things that are interesting, vulnerable, relevant. Funny. So check it out. <laughs> Funny if you're on. <laughs> so check it out wherever you get your podcast, wherever you listen to The Extraordinary Us. Look for Under Our Bed with Jeff and Sal. Check it out. Good night. Good night.